Parsha Themes is for inspired people like you who are looking for engaging and relevant Parsha and Moedim thoughts. Our weekly discussions focus on uplifting thoughts and actionable ideas that will upgrade your Avodah Hashem and enhance your Shabbos and Yantav table. I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Tropper, and it's an honor to have you with me here today. Welcome to Parsha Shoftim. The Gra is a very famous and classical piece here, which is just so relevant. Perak test Zion, Pasuk Yud test. It says, Losata Mishpat, don't uh, pervert justice. Losak your punim and don't show favor to anyone. Losikach shochad, and don't take bribery. Because bribery will blind the eyes of the wise. And it will pervert the words of righteous people. And uh, the Grub points out, very interesting thing, that when it describes the bribery, in this Pasuk, in Shoftim, it talks about how it blinds the eyes of Chachamim. Whereas um, in Parshas Mishpatim, it uses a different expression. It says that it blinds the eyes of Pichim, wise people. So what's the difference that it changes uh, from in Mishpatim, in, in Sefer Shemos, it talks about wise people that are Pikeachs, Pichim, and in our parsha of Shoftim, it talks about um, Chachamim, people that are wise. Um, what's the difference between a Chacham and a Pikeach? And says the Vilna Gon, his Yisod, which is that a judge needs to be knowledgeable in two things, two general things. The first is he must be an expert in the laws of a Torah. And the second thing is that he must not be um, ignorant in the ways of the world. He must be an expert in human nature and in dealing with other people as well, social cues and social trust as well. And so says the Grub. Uh, that's why the Gemara tells us that if a judge sees that, yes, it's true, legally everything is lining up, and maybe even these witnesses seem to be supporting Ruvain, but there's something very suspicious, and I'm just seeing that there's a lie here, then the judge is responsible to make sure to get to the bottom of it. And so that's what's going on over here, that in every single aspect of life, you need to have both. You need to know the halachas of the Torah. You also need to know the... Um, the ways of the world to be a normal person, to be able to interact with other people. Now, everyone thinks that they're normal. Most people think that they're normal. So a person has to be careful. This is something that really is a natural component that many Gedolim have. And unfortunately, as we've seen, um, look, anyone could make mistakes, but certainly there's, uh, like my Rebbe Rosher, Rubenstein used to say, there's Sari Alafim and Sari Meos and Sari Hamishim. There's officers that are in charge of 100 or 1,000 or 10,000. And obviously the Gedolim are the officers that are, you know, in charge of, of the the largest amounts of flocks. And the Yechidei school of the, the Gedoli Hador, the Moshe Rabbeinos of a generation, the Gadol Hador, is a, is a whole different level. But unfortunately, there are many people in between that who think that they've gotten to the level of experts in laws of Torah when they're clearly not. And unfortunately, they think they've gotten to the level of experts in worldliness when they're clearly not as well. So a person has to be very careful and be mockerous Makomo and make sure he has a proper guidance in knowing, reading, and understanding people. There's a very famous story through Moshe Feinstein, who was the undisputed Gadol Hadar. And of course, when I say the word undisputed, there's always people that argue, but he was one of the greatest Gadol Hadar of the previous generation, died in 1985. And uh, there was a woman who came to him and told him that another Rav in Europe, uh, right after the war, had given her a heter to get remarried because uh, she had been an Aguna, her husband had been lost, and this Rav Poskin, that she, according to her report, this Rav Poskin, that she was Muteris to remarry. And Ramosha asked her to repeat the story a few times, and she was very emotional, and she was crying very much, and uh, he, said to, he said to her, finally he said, I know that Rav, 
and he never would have, he was a big tzaddik, and he never would have made a mistake like that. And the story that you're telling me, there's no heter for you to get remarried, you're still in Aguna. And uh, the woman burst out crying and said, you're right, I'm a, I lied. I knew this Rav's name, I knew he was someone that you respected, he never gave me any heter whatsoever. And the Talmudim asked Moshe, how did you know? You were putting this woman through torture, asking her questions. And Moshe's response was that I, I listened to her story and it just didn't add up. And I knew that something was wrong. So that's, that's a goal. A goal is someone that he knows the halacha, or Moshe certainly knew the halacha, and he also knew how to read the human nature and the human part where he was able to discern that something is wrong, and he was able to ask enough questions until he got down to the bottom of it. Now, that's what the Grah is saying, that a person has to be an expert in Torah, a person has to be an expert in, in, um, in, in uh, the laws of, of human nature as well. And therefore, says the Grah, that's the Pshat, that in Mishpatim it talks about civil law, it's getting along with people, so there, it talks about the word pitchim, um, because that's one aspect. You need to be a pikeach in, the wor- in worldly matters. That's what's being said there. And here, shoftim v'shotrim, in our passage, where it's talking about Torah law, so it says that shochad could blind even the chacham. He's a person who's wise and knows the Torah law. And that's a very important thing. A person must be a chacham, that he should know the halacha very well um, from the Torah standpoint, but also he should be a pikeach, that he's wise and understands human nature, because that's the most effective way that you can help other people when you have both of those aspects that you're able to operate under. A second vart, which will tie back to this exact same vart, is in Parakid Zion Pasavivav. It says, that we need two or three witnesses to testify. And the Gemara discusses why it says two or three when really two suffices, that uh, three is not any more powerful than two. Um, and if you find one to be puzzled, you could throw out the whole thing and you can't have Niskayim Edis Bashar with the other two in many cases, especially Sakanus Dini Nefashos laws of um, life and death. So there's a story that happened that a man came to complain to the Vilnagon and said that there are two witnesses that were obviously hired to um, uh, testify against me in Bezdin and um, about my daughter, and it's a fa- they're false witnesses. So the Grah heard his plight and said, I'll come to court with you and I'll hear them out. And the girl listened to each testimony. One, the first witness testified and then he went out of the room. He was sent out of the room by Bezin, and then the second one testified and the girl screamed, Ede Shekhar, they're, they're liars. Ede Shekhar, they're liars. And they ended up catching them and throughout the, throughout the case. And how did, how did the girl know? So the Mishnah Rashana, the Vavma Beis says, Ketab Bokin say Edom, how do you test the Edom? And it says, you hear them out. And then it says, If their words are found to be congruent, then their words, then their edus, their testimony is accepted. So what do you mean, nimtu? If it, if it ends up, um, their words line up. What's the problem? So this is brought down by Shem the Rush. Uh, in Sahedrin, Dathlam, and Amadal, he talks about this. But also, um, this is the Graz Ha'ara. The Graz says that the Pshad is that every single person has their own way of saying things. And so inevitably, when two normal functional Adam come into court, yes, they're both testifying that someone borrowed money, or someone was a Chal Shabbos, Chal Shalom, or whatever they're testifying about, but each one has their own uh, terminology, and so you need to hear them out, and then you need to figure out, is it nimtsu, does it, does it work that, okay, they're both saying the same thing, then in that case, okay, then the Adam is good. But if they both come and say verbatim the exact same thing, then obviously... This is a setup where they both practice that they, they're going to say the exact same thing, and you can just hear that they're both liars. And that's the shot that it has to be nimtu to very Otherwise, it's too suspicious. It makes it look like it's fabricated. And that's what happened in the story. These two witnesses testified against this woman, and 
their testimony was so congruent and so exact that it became obvious to the Gra with his pictus, with his um, human nature intelligence and his ability to read people, that something was very wrong, and he called them out, and they admitted. So that is an application of the Gra's requirement for being a shofate. Certainly he was a bucky in Torah, and he was also a bucky in human nature. Who built a new house and didn't yet get to live in it? He should go home because he might die in the war. So we have a question. The Gra'as that is an interesting question and it's worth sharing for us to think about. So he says, I don't understand. Let's say someone did buy, bring a new house, buy, build a new house. So what's the shot that he's being told to go back home? He might die in the war. He if, if there's a gazera on him in, 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 on Rosh Hashanah that he's going to die this year, but he's going to die. And if there's a gazera on him that he's going to live, then even if he goes to war, he's going to be okay. So, what's, so what does it help? You're sending him home. If he's supposed to die, he's going to die at home. And if he's not supposed to die, then he's not going to die in the battlefield. So really, there's many before to deal with this. And, and the simple answer is that going to a battlefield is a, is a sakana. And so it, uh, it challenges a person's zechuyos. And so it could be that he's putting himself in danger and he got, if he got married, planted a field, planted a new, built a new house, Rebbeinu Shalom says, I don't want you going out. Now, there's different shatim as to why. Maybe it's Rahmanus on your spouse, you got married, or it's Rahmanus on the person, uh, or maybe it's just because he's not a good soldier, like some Rishonim say, because he's just so distracted thinking about his other things, and, and it, which is a lesson in general that we need to be soldiers of Hashem and not be distracted by other things in our life, but, but, but our focus should be on Avodah Hashem and serving Hashem. But says the Gra like this. The Gra says the Pshat is that there's Mazel Kali and Mazel Yechidi. And, and really, the Ramchal talks about this at length, and it's very hard to understand exactly what it means, but the basic explanation is that there's a certain Mazel that's on each person. The Rebbe Shalom decides things, but there's also a certain general Mazel where 100 people are going to die in this tragedy, or 100 people will die in this uh, war. And therefore, that's why it says that in Shaz Zam, a person should hide um, and go indoors and, and stay away, Ad Yavar Zam, because sometimes a person could get hurt. And the Gemara in Baba Kama says explicitly that whatever these things mean, but we see that there's a qualius, there's a general um, punishment that comes out that could affect everyone. Now, does that mean that there isn't Hashkacha protest that could even save a person in those situations? Of course, of course there is. And does that mean that if a person is negligent and goes out to war, then he deserves to die, like Rashi seems to say. We're not, we're not discussing that exact point. The point is that, yes, the Rebona Shalom is watching over each person. However, there is such a thing as a mazel kali, which is a certain amount of things and experiences in life that must happen and in this world in order to be in it, in order to bring out the full Kiddushim Shemaim that this world is, is, is here to accomplish. And therefore, uh, if a person goes to war, it could be that he wasn't specifically decided that he was going to die, but his presence there can end up hurting him. So the bottom line is that our life depends on Torah. And I'll leave you off with one thought, which is very powerful to me, which is that I still remember very my dear grandfather, so that's all, it was real, Skenazi. Um, his life was one that was dedicated to his Rebbe, where Ephraim Greenblatt was one of the closest Talmudim of Ramosha, Feinstein, that's all. And he lived his life based on his Rebbe, and he sat with him and he learned with him, he went to the Shir every Monday, and he brought all of his grandchildren to him and always wanted us to learn from his Rebbe. And I still remember, there's a chus that I had when I was about 21 years old, and my grandfather was in the hospital with his final illness, and his body was shutting down, and there were many, many shilas that came up. And all these shilas, they went to his Rebbe. 
And I remember I was involved and I heard many of the family members asking different questions about end-of-life decisions, etc. And I said to myself, this is a man who lived his life, lived his life according to the Torah and following everything his Rebbe told him. And what is a chus he has that he could live his life and even pass away from this world with his Rebbe taking care of him and poskening all the Shilohs about his life. And that's the same thing here. That person shouldn't fool around. The Torah has halachas, and the Torah says, go home. So whatever whatever the explanation is, the Vilna Gaon says, what's the explanation? He has this explanation that it's a mazel clully, and that a person could get caught up in it if he goes to war, and he has to follow. The bottom line is, we have to live our life according to the Torah. And when a person's end of life comes as well, he has to live his life according to the Torah. And there are halachas that guide every single part. It says, kol neshima neshima tahalo keli. You have to thank Hashem for every breath you take, and every breath you take should be one that you're living according to the Torah as well. And we should be zocha to live our lives completely and fully following the Torah, following the Ratzon HaShem, and always connected to our Rabbeim and the Postkim who are teaching us how to live our life according to exactly how HaShem is telling us how. Thanks for joining us. For more Torah content and to make sure you never miss an episode, don't forget to subscribe and visit us at ParshaThemes.com.